Welcome to episode four of the Straight Red SPFL podcast. I'm your host Fraser and I'm joined again by Matt and Ollie. At this point I'd usually ask how your weeks have been but I'm going to ask you how your lockdown's been. So Matt, how's your lockdown been? Lockdown's been okay. Um, definitely getting a bit more normality. I think March, when, when when did we last have our podcast? Was it March? It was the last time I played football which was the last week of March maybe. Yeah, because I remember at that time everything was pretty scary, pretty unknown, and the the sort of idea of staying at home and self isolating was torture. But I think everyone sort of got used to it, and it's a bit more relaxed, and we seem to have a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. So, yeah, lockdown's actually going okay. Not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, how about you guys, Holly? Yeah, um, I guess it's similar to Matt. It it seemed a long way away when when everything was initially kicking off, but. Um, everyone's just got used to it. Um, I'm missing sport. I'm missing football. I'm missing watching football on TV. I'm missing coaching the kids and seeing them play. Um, so that's all, all the more to look forward to once we get through it, really. Um, but no, just getting there. What about you, Fraser? Yeah, it's been kind of normal for me because I've been working. So, well, I've not I've not ever been furloughed or worked from home at all. So I've been in the office on my own for seven weeks, um, which was probably one of the hardest challenges to date for me, really, because I'm used to spending my time around five other people in the office and then having customers coming in constantly. So, um, yeah, strange seven weeks. That's like um, a worker, though, isn't it, for us? Well, you know, I do go outside on a Thursday and clap myself, which is quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't do that. Um, I'm not a real key worker as many of the listeners will know but yeah we stayed open um, to supply the NHS any electrical goods they needed Um, and we did we did help out on some occasions so it was quite good but now I've had a couple of the guys back um, one guy back last Wednesday and another this week just for a couple of days so it's made a huge difference so it's been not too bad quite normal nice yeah so sticking with uh, lockdown slash the Rona uh, Scottish season is now done, but England are looking to start back up, and the Bundesliga already has, and there's some Bundesliga on tonight as well. So, Ollie, what's the update south of the border? That's your speciality. Um, well, it, it to me it all seems a bit rushed personally, but um, they, they've been doing tests. Um, so they've just had the second round of tests uh, after the players and management staff of all of the Premier League clubs have been tested. So they've been tested twice. And there's been 12 positive um, uh, twelve positive results over those. There was 2,752 tests done and 12 were um, found positive, which is a lot less than the average across the country, which is one good thing. But at, this, at the same time, there's still players contracting uh, the virus. So um, I think Aaron Ramsdale... Bournemouth, he was uh, he he came out as testing positive in the second round of of tests, uh, but it wasn't in the first. So it's still developing, um, and the 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 Premier League clubs have um, today actually just announced that they would resume uh, training with contact. Um, and I don't know, I don't know how I feel about it. I know that the Bundesliga has gone back. Um, to playing games behind closed doors, but um, yeah, I think the Premier League are quite keen to get that over the line. It, it just seems a bit, you know, it's a di- it's different approach to the one in Scotland, isn't it? You know, to cutting the season short um, and planning for next year. But um, 
yeah, the Premier League clubs all seem to be in agreement with it. Um, whether that's due to money, I'm not sure. Um, it's just all a bit of a farce, isn't it? Well, I didn't expect you to say it was a farce, actually. I thought you'd say it was quite good that they're getting back. I don't to, know. I just don't I feel it's. I feel it's just overly rushed. Personally, it's a personal opinion, but um, you know the, the players want to play. Um, the players want to get the the season over and done with. There's still a lot to play for. Um, I mean, a lot of the the fans down south would would have loved it if uh, if Liverpool would have slipped up from this position, you know, and not not been given the title. But um, yeah, I guess there's a lot of there's a lot of TV revenue relying on all of these. Uh, these games and when you think about the top clubs most of their revenue does come from TV money um, even, but, even Burnley for example yeah well I suppose Burnley only get gates of 10,000 so it's not going to be ticket money is it so. uh, I think you need to do a bit of research there for us. it's just a bit more than 10 <laughs> 12 um, well you tied us in perfectly with why we've ended the season and it's actually mostly down to the fact that we can't get any fans behind um, in the stands no change there well, Ollie this is a straight like, SPFL <laughs> and you need to remember that on the per capita basis Scotland has got more football supporters than anywhere else so for a for a small country we do very very well absolutely Matt absolutely um, so we have ended the season because well it's down to finances really and not being able to complete the season or start another season without fans being there due to them being the main source of income. So I um, really don't want to have to get into this discussion because Matt's on here, but that's led to Hearts' relegation or demotion or insert any other word here that isn't relegation from the Premiership. Uh, so why, why, Matt, this is a question for you, why do Hearts want reconstruction for the betterment of the game in Scotland? So why do Hearts want reconstruction for the betterment of the game in Scotland? I mean, you can just eliminate that entire sentence that you've just said and just replace it with self-interest, self-preservation, um, and just quite frankly, desperate squabbling uh, for their own their own sort of misgivings. Um, yeah, Hearts' conduct throughout this whole whole episode has just been I think nothing short of disgraceful um, it, it's been amateurly run obviously by Anne Budge um, but I think the conduct of a lot of the supporters when you go on the fans forum has been really really poor as well you know they, they are praying for other clubs to hit the wall first uh, to save their own skins so I think currently Hearts have got the mantle of the most unpopular club in Scotland by some way and that's quite impressive sort of taking that mantle away from Rangers given their uh, football <laughs> dossier and uh, obviously just the balance of the old firm as well so yeah um, Hearts have just been nothing, nothing short of a joke it, it never surprises me just how balanced you can be in a, a conversation <laughs> well you know there was a there was a good post that I saw on uh, Pie and Bovro today, actually, from uh, a person called Twinkle. And um, Twinkle is a Dundee United supporter. And Twinkle said, having read that proposal, I'm beginning to agree that Hearts should not be relegated. They should be fucking liquidated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that could be a new feature, actually. You could just profile people on Pie and Bovro for us. I think I will. And then we'll sort of See if we can get the most notorious posters in Pine Bovril just to tell us a bit about themselves. Well, you're not voted as one of the worst. 
Uh, maybe by a couple of Hearts fans, yeah. But you know, I've I've got all you know, I've I've got plenty of fans as well. Like I'm well into the positive rep. Uh, I've got more positive rep per post. Um, so I'm 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 categorically a good poster in buying Bovro, apparently. Good, good. Well, we'll have a look at some of the well, the the suggestions that she's put forward and what happens to the clubs that either well if we do voted for if we do vote for it then what happens to the clubs so the clubs on average stand to lose in the premiership around 50 grand each um but hearts or budge rather says that oh that's okay because you'll save 30 grand by not paying hearts the per- the parachute payment so that's that's the main reason that i think it won't go through actually in the premiership but there's also the fact that it's only temporary for two years and then suddenly you might have three teams going down. So I don't know why any turkeys would vote for Christmas in terms of your St. Mirren, St. Johnson, Ross County. And even like, why would your club vote for it, Matt? Really, I know you don't think Hibs are going to be down there anytime soon, but it's happened recently. So there's no reason it can happen again. So, No, absolutely. They, they basically just asked for a two-season window to throw more money at it and buy their way out of being relegated and getting what they deserve. Um, you know, I, I don't think Hart's battle on this is going to be in the Premiership. It's actually in the lower leagues um, with the so-called Diddies. Um, they're the ones that are feeling the most screwed over by this and they're the ones that are likely to, to quash this because apparently Hearts are going to need... 15 out of 20 League 1 and League 2 teams to vote this through before it even gets to the Championship and Premiership. And Elgin, Stenhousemuir, Clyde, Peterhead, Forfar and Cove Rangers have apparently all said they're going to vote against it already. So it's basically completely dead before it even reaches a, a point where any Premiership club or Championship club has to vote for it. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's going to get nowhere on Monday, and it's going to be very, very funny to to see what the reaction is from Tynecastle after that. It's interesting you said Cold Rangers there. That the reason that they aren't going to vote for it is because they've just won League Two. Yeah. So effectively, they should be in League One, a whole league away from potentially ending back up, uh, well, back up, I suppose it is, in the Highland League. So they're basically winning their league to then be in a league where they could get relegated back to the Highland League if they had a bad season. So they have yeah. absolutely no benefit to winning that league this season. Um, absolutely. And where's the integrity in that? And where's the integrity in Stranraer remaining relegated, but Partick and Hearts getting away with it? Um, you know, right. Surely you've got to have a, the same outcome for all the people that have suffered. You, you, you can't just be skewing the results to, to help your team, which is what Hearts are trying to do. And um, Shamefully, they're trying to cover that up as for the better of the game. It's just... It, Cringeworthy to see. So, who does benefit? Is it just Partick and Hearts, in your opinion? Yeah, I, I think just Partick and Hearts. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think, in terms of league reconstruction, if it had been put forward as a permanent motion, I'd have actually been for it. You know, I think it would be a good thing for a game. But the fact that she's just trying to railroad it through as a temporary fix for basically their own problems, um, it's, it's just been very, very hollow and just a thinly veiled attempt to save their own skin. And I think they would have had a lot more respect from everyone else if they'd just come out at the start and said, look, here are the financial repercussions of us getting relegated. It's bad, bad news for us and we need your help. I think at that point, people would have been a lot more receptive to what they had to say. Um, and, you know, there's other botons to this as well throughout. And the most recent one I've seen is that Hearts are going to be offering 
free COVID-19 testing for teams using Tynecastle as a facility, but only if they vote for reconstruction. And I think that's a disgusting use of bribery, given the times that we're in. I didn't realise that was our case, actually. Yeah, no, apparently um, they have they have offered to do free COVID-19 testing, um, but only if they, they get reconstruction. And I just think that's incredibly distasteful, given all that's going on. Yeah, absolutely. So what are the financial repercussions for Hearts? I saw uh, an article by Keith Jackson, who I've never really agreed with at the best of times, but he was suggesting that Hearts are in serious danger of going into administration if they get relegated and they don't start the season, as the championship clubs are saying, perhaps until the start of next year or maybe even just scrap the whole season altogether. Yeah, well, I mean, that would be their second administration in in six seasons, you know, if, if they've not learnt their lessons from the last time round, they never will. Um, you know, f- for me, it's tough. Obviously, I would like to see Hearts survive. Like, I think they would be a miss to to any any league without a doubt. Um, but, you know, if they're going to administration for the second time in six years, I don't think they can have much sympathy from everyone. I mean, I know it's a, a pretty unique circumstance that they find themselves in at the moment, but at the same time, they were you know, the bottom of the league with a third largest budget by some way. Um, and it's just unbelievable how badly mismanaged that, that club has been, um, especially recently. So in what in your opinion, what what has been the mismanagement financially? Well, I mean, you, you even just go back to January when <laughs> they're trying to obviously bear themselves out of relegation and they've gone and taken uh, unknown quantity of a manager from Barnsley and giving him a 12k a week contract to try and get them out of it. I mean, that is just throwing the kitchen sink at it when they blatantly don't have the money to do so on top of signing players like Boyce who have got bad injury records and again throwing the kitchen sink at them. And when you sort of throw that on top of the massively bloated squad that they have of absolute journeymen, um, and the fact that they've managed to keep people like Levine and Austin McPhee on a salary in the background. It's just a bizarre structure that they've got and an incredibly overinflated club. I, I just don't understand how they've got themselves into this situation. So in your opinion then, finally, just to end on, on your thoughts there, no to reconstruction, to the 14-14-14. No to reconstruction, uh, absolutely not. They've... they've uh, they do not deserve it. Okay. Ollie, you mentioned to me that you are a fan of the 14-14-14. Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a slight fan, and I'll tell you why. Um, I, I, right now is not the right time to be pushing for it. So I don't think, I don't think Budge's um, agenda at the moment is very good for the game, personally. Um, but what I would say is that three leagues of 14 just makes more sense, does it not? Um, you know, it gives it gives Celtic and Rangers that opportunity to play against um, smaller clubs and therefore helping their revenue. Um, and it's, it's something that I think needs to be put into play, but not for next season, just because of all of the... Um, you know, the upset that it would cause to all the teams going up and down um, that have played this season. Why why don't they just think about it maybe two years and two years ahead so that all the teams know what they're, what they're aiming towards. Um, they'll know about 
potential promotion relegation at that point as well um and and make make a bit more of a seamless transition i think that makes more sense for me personally and it stops all of this bickering over uh, promotion relegation and and the rest of it but you know i think it needs to happen now because you know, there might not be enough teams to take part in this 14-14-14 if we don't make take action now. But we don't know when football is going to be starting again. So you, you could say that, you could say there's so many, you know, variables that we just can't control at the moment. So, again, it's 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 for the teams to decide. And if the teams deem it um, worthwhile, and if teams like Cove Rangers, as you say, that are not going to be voting for it, if they vote against it, knowing fine well that there's going to be other teams that could uh, seriously go under or, or the rest of it, then you'd hope that the vote fleshes those out. So, so just what well, and fleshes them out in the sense that if they go under, they go under, and that's it. Just leave them, or do you think? Well, no. The, the clubs that the clubs that really need to uh, carry on operating and 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 that would benefit under the, under the model, if if they were to vote for it, you would see there's quite a clear, strong support for it. And you know, if it is just one or two teams, as you say, like like El, uh, was it Elgin and Cove Rangers and what have you, that would vote against it, um, and that you know, it would be a bit more of a balanced a balanced view, and you would be able to understand the clubs that are voting for and against it. Each club has their own um, ideas behind it, and and you'd see that in the book. I think that's the key issue with the Scottish voting system is that it's so geared up to just taking your own view and then that view it probably isn't going to change because you don't care about any other club. You, you just have to... Everyone st- struggles so much in Scotland that you, you just need to take care of yourself. Yeah. So uh, the voting structure just doesn't allow for teams to get together and put their heads together. Like we saw with the, the reconstruction group the the task force that just that died of its feet a, a week later because six teams just went nah not for us without even fulfilling the whole the whole task force so there's a lot of a lot of issues in, in Scottish football and that's just um one of them right there mm-hmm. um there there's some positive things happening in Scottish football please tell me Have you- I know. Are you surprised, or did you know about this? I don't know. If you tell me a bit more, because uh, I've been waiting for some good news for a while. Okay. Well, some good news that was pointed out to me by Gavin Wallace on Twitter, who I quickly informed that he was our spirit animal here on the podcast. Um, he was. He did. He tweeted out that Hibs had seven thousand season ticket holders already for next season. Hearts had four thousand with a thousand new donations to Foundation of Hearts. And Aberdeen had four thousand new season. Well, not sorry, not new. Four thousand season ticket holders for next season as well. And I think that just shows how important football is to people in Scotland. Uh, people are renewing their season tickets already, and we don't even know when the games will even start. Will we get to watch half the games in person? And yeah, I think it's a good positive story. So I just wanted to throw that at you guys. What are your thoughts on on the season ticket situation? Very encouraging. Um... You know, it, it, it does say a lot for Scottish football fans. I mean, we all know that they've got that passion. And, you know, I think certainly we compare it to the likes of the English leagues. Um, it is a lot more passionate up here, in my opinion. Uh, and I'm sure Ollie will agree with that. Um, 
so it's just it says a lot that these fans, you know, a lot of them who who don't have a lot of money as it is, are willing to basically shell out four hundred quid for a, a season ticket, which might actually never be used. You know, a lot of supporters are just doing this to try and support their clubs and realizing that this is a really important, um, a really important time. And you know, I know Motherwell as well, for example. They've, I think, as of a couple of days ago, had sold circa 2,000 season tickets as well. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's encouraging across the boards that fans are willing to do that. And the Foundation of Hearts as well, getting how many new um, subscribers? There was 1,000 either new donations or increased donations. Which is massive, like absolutely massive, um, on top of season ticket sales. So, yeah, you know, very, very encouraging and ultimately the, the lifeblood of these clubs. Yeah. Ollie, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think it's it is encouraging. Um, it, it's just the slight worry in the back of my head is for those teams that are not have not been mentioned. You know, even even in the top flight, if you if you think about teams like St Johnston that have never been that strong fan base, maybe you know maybe they would just turn their back a little bit more. Um, you know, because because it is a society where you know everybody's getting hit, and that that affects the fans as well. Um, so as you say, it is a really good it is a really good story, um, and it is a, a bright light um, in amongst all this rubbish at the moment. But um, it's, I think it's only painting half of the picture, is what I would say. Maybe this is me just playing devil's advocate a little bit, but um, you know there are teams that are struggling, um, but it's good to see the fans putting their money uh, back into their club when they need it, as you know, as, as they do. Good. Thanks for ending on a, on a positive note there, Ollie, because I thought you were just going to try that positive right out of the <laughs> um, I was speaking to one of my colleagues today, and his solution, and it is a solution, I don't think anyone agree with this, is if you can't get the fans to turn up, just let them fold and then just restart Scottish football with who's left. Oh, Jesus. It's not I mean, hungry yeah, games. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Can you guess? Yeah, yeah. Can you guess who who they supported and who it was? <laughs> I have a slight idea. I start, I start, he was a old firm supporter. Absolutely. Yeah. West of uh, Scotland football fan. <laughs> well, no, I mean it's okay because I'm assuming he's you know he's talking from experience. His club folded and then came back as a different club. You know, it's uh, he's, he's got first hand experience of the benefits that that can bring. What benefits are they? Sorry, uh, half a season title run. Yeah, and we'll we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. Um, so, uh, do we all agree that there is some light in Scottish football? Can we just please everyone? No, I, I, I'd say so, uh, definitely. Um, you know, it's always been about the fans up here. We've not got the TV revenue that has overinflated the game down south, and uh, you know, it's the, you know that's the the principle that the Bundesliga works off. You know, it's all about the fans and trying to centre it around them. Um, and I feel we try to do that up here best as we can. But I, I do think that we have got an oversaturated league setup. Um, there's not a need for as many top flight or yeah. You know, top league clubs, and um, you know, if there is a bit of a natural burn off, it'll be sad. Um, but it might be a necessary change of direction for the team to ha- for the leagues to have a bit of a consolidation. Um, but obviously, you don't want to see any clubs hit the wall and have a proud history and a big part in a local community. 
yeah, on that, on that, if it would be sad, obviously, if they if they did disappear some clubs anyway. Gordon Strachan, I saw, said that clubs should just find their level. So if you're a semi-pro club playing at being a professional club, paying, in his words, it was paying part-time players eighty quid a week, then go and join the junior leagues and find your level and let those that want to take on a bigger responsibility within Scottish football go and do that. Such as your, you know, your Kelly Hearts who are paying the players well, full-time wages, and and they're they're going to go up the leagues. Do we need more ambitious clubs and do those clubs that maybe not necessarily aren't ambitious but just don't have the capability to be as ambitious as they'd like to be, do they just drop down into the junior ranks? Is that a possibility? I I think it I think it, it could well be. Um and it would be for the betterment of the game, wouldn't it? If you think about it, it'd be more competition. Um it would provide a better product on the pitch. You know, you know, if they if for example Kelty Hearts were to um, go up through the leagues um, a la Gretna um, but we can talk about the pros and cons of that another time but if they were to do that, if they were to get that financial backing to get up through the leagues um, and if the structure was so that there would be more promotion relegation which almost matches the English league system um, I think it would be better for the competition in Scotland generally is it not a shame for those clubs that have been in Scottish football professionally for a long time, such as East Stirling, who are now mm-hmm. kind of languishing in the East of Scotland League, I think they are. Um, it, it's not it's not going to sit well with them if you start promoting more and relegating more. And again, you won't get it past the votes, and that's the issue. Yeah. They would never, ever be voted in. Yeah. Never. Because there's almost no time for sentiment in times like these, though. You've got to be pragmatic and think what is the best for, for, for the game, uh, which is why it's very frustrating seeing Hearts go down the route of temporary reconstruction, because I think a, a widespread long-term reconstruction is the way forward um, to promote competition, as Ollie's saying. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with everyone's points there, I think. We all came to some kind of sensible solution, I think. Uh, so we're going to move on to quiz time now. I need to get a jingle for this <laughs> so that I can I can break it up rather than going from depressing Scottish football chat to a quiz. But uh, so like da 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 quiz time. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Right, you ready? I've not told you guys what the questions are, so you're just going off the cuff here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all questions about last season, as it now is. Um, so we'll start with number one, and I want you to both give me your answers. Uh, one at a time. Matt, you go first. Who was the top scorer in the league? This should be a nice easy one for both of you. Top scorer in the league. Um, Odison Edward. Odison Edward. Yeah. Agreed. How many goals, guys? Oh. Uh, how many How many goals? He was either 26, 20, no, 20, 27. I was going to go 26, Fraser. Okay. Well, you, you get that point. It's 22. Oh. I guess with the season curtailed, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm sure he would have ended up on almost 30, if not 30, mm-hmm. if it kept going. Who was the top scorer outside the old firm and how many goals did he have? Is this in the top league? Is not, um... This is, yeah, outside the top uh, the top league. Sorry, outside uh, the old firm in the top league. Yeah. In the top league, okay. It's, uh, I mean, you want to jump to Cosgrove, but I think it actually might be Christian Deutsch. What? Um, 
I mean, my, initially it was Cosgrove in my head. Um, but I'm just trying. I'm just racking my brain here. Um, yeah, don't 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 be influenced by me, Ollie. I, I thought Cosgrove as well. And that's who I usually go for. But Deutsch went on a right right good. He run. did. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, I I still go Cosgrove. Matt's nailed it on that one. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Deutsch with twelve. Cosgrove had eleven. Oh, so just just nabbed them. Oh wow! So there you go. Right, question three. Can you name a player that scored a hat-trick at any point in the league season? And I want to know who it was, for who, against who. Jesus. Okay, Jermaine Defoe scored a hat-trick against Hibs in the 6-1 victory at Ibrox. Yep, correct. Ollie, uh, any thoughts? Do you have all of the answers there, Chris? <laughs> I do indeed, yes. Okay. I'm a professional. <laughs> so is this is this in all of the leagues? No, no, just the top league. We're just sticking with the top league. So. Well, I was going to give you some incredible knowledge of the championship. But, um, if, you, if you can nail the championship, fire away. Um, well, I know Stephen Dobby scored a hat-trick for Queen of the South, um, and I've forgotten who it was against, but I know that he definitely scored one. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to think. Uh, hat-trick in the top league. Um no doubt Edward scored a hat-trick. <clears throat> no, no, I didn't, no. I don't know. I don't know, Fraser. All right, I'll run through them. So, Defoe scored a hat-trick against Hibs, that's correct. He it's also scored a hat-trick against Hamilton as well, so Defoe had two hat-tricks. Yeah. Just think, Matt, did, was it Defoe definitely the sixth one game, or did he not? Did he score a hat-trick at Easter Road as well? Can't I can't no. think. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure. I think he maybe got a double that day. Yeah. Um, the other one was Christian Deutsch against Aberdeen. St Johnston, but close. I thought it was Aberdeen. No, I remember he missed all those sitters against Aberdeen. Oh, God, that's right. Yeah. And he scored on the return leg. That's right. Yeah. Your, your other ones are uh, Ryan Christie against St Johnston right at the start of the season. Uh, who else would go here? Griffiths against St Mirren and then Lyndon Dykes. For Olivia against Ross County. Oh wow! So, and I'm sure that Dob. I'm not going to unqualify that Dobby one. I'm going to trust you on that one, Ollie. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you very much. No problem. So, question four: <laughs> Which manager won Manager of the Month in October, but was later sacked this that season? Uh, <laughs> Paul Heckingbottom. No, it can't be. He had a shocking start. He had a shocking start. Um, October though. Yeah, yeah, it's only two months in, three months in. Mm-hmm. But I think there was a reason that Hib sat taking bottom, and it wasn't because he had a man of the match award. That's why I had a manager of the month award. Um, surely it wasn't Craig Levine. Can't have been. Yeah. No? Would it not be? No, no. Could have put you guys... Give up? Yeah, give mm-hmm. up. It was Angelo Alessio. No way. Ah. Yeah, Kelly had a cracking start to the season uh, after their torment in Europe, but they did go on to have quite a good start to the season in the Premiership and then just all went downhill, couldn't score. And that was when Dyer took over. So strange, Kelly. Kelly blanked. Yeah, I know. It was. I think they'll come back next season. I think they're. There'll be a decent outfit. Mm-hmm. Uh, question five. 
Who sponsored Motherwell this season and what was unusual about their kit? I know this one, so I'll leave it to Matt to guess. Uh, let me think. Who sponsored Motherwell this season? Uh, oh, they had, it was a local, local, yeah, it was, um, did they not, did they not do a similar thing to Hibs and they just went with like the steel men? No, no. so they did, um, their sponsor was Paddy Power, um, but as part of Paddy Power's sponsorship, uh, they, I've forgotten the name of it, um, I'm, I'm sure Fraser, you've got it there, but it, there's a campaign of like save our shirts or something, so... Oh, it was right, to, yeah. to basically not put a sponsor on the shirt. But yeah, so Motherwell were the, I'm guessing, the only Scottish team. There's a few down in England that, that they were sponsoring, sponsoring as well, like Huddersfield. Yeah, the big one was Huddersfield yeah. because Huddersfield turned out in that friendly pre-season with a big Paddy Power sash right over the kit. That was a, that was a cracker, wasn't <laughs> it? Everyone could not believe it. And it was just a wind-up by Paddy Power. Uh, uh, I always rely on Paddy Power yeah. for the wind-up. Oh, completely. I have to say, they have the best marketing team of any business in the UK and Ireland. 100%. Fan denial. The the Rangers fan denial was was a belter. And there's a fan denial about uh, Cummings as well. Not Jason. All right, okay. Um, What's the guy's first name? That's just Dominic. Dominic Cummings has been absolutely roasted in the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah there we go I think that was a draw we're going to go draw on that one nice. on the quiz I didn't actually score you you're not that much of a professional but... than are you Fraser no yeah yeah I should have scored on this sorry what do we think what was that I was just saying what do we pay the big bucks for I know yeah god god knows Um this was your topic, Ollie. You wanted to discuss the game of the season. Or was it goal of the season you wanted to discuss? I'm having an absolute shocker today. Jesus Christ. Sack him. Sack him. Respect, oh, respect I don't know. Someone wanted to talk about the game of the season. So let's talk about the game of the season. Um, and then we'll talk about the goal of the season after. What was your game of the season, Matthew? Right, you're going to have to give me five minutes here to, to, to talk about this. So my game of the season was the Old Firm Derby in December, um, where it was Celtic 1, Rangers 2. So in terms of the actual game, it was a brilliant game to watch. I thought both sides had a real goal, and obviously up until that point, they both got off to an absolute flyer in their season. In terms of the actual game, uh, there was a howitzer from Ryan Kent, where he just turned and slotted it beautifully into the left-hand corner. Uh, there was an equaliser by deflection from McGregor, and then the winning goal from Katic, Um and that basically gave Rangers their, their first win at Celtic Park in nine years. And it moved them to within two points uh, off Celtic. And the game was packed with incidents as well. And I'm sure you'll remember Morales being substituted and doing his throat-sitting gesture to the Celtic fans. Um, but I thought the most interesting part of it was when the full-time whistle went, Jared was celebrating like he'd won the league. He was on the pitch, jumping around. He ran up to the TV camera, he grabbed it, he was screaming his lungs out. He went onto the pitch, hugging all the players and celebrating the corner with the supporters. It was jubilant. It was some scene. Um, But I just think outside of that game, it was such a pivotal moment in the season because when you look at the run-up to that game, the result to me was no surprise. I thought when Rangers won that game that they were going to go on and win the league. Before that game, 
Rangers won 15 of their league games, drew two and lost one, which was a 2-0 loss to Celtic earlier in the season. The results up until that game were also so convincing. They beat Hibs, as I mentioned earlier on, 6-1 at Ibrox. They beat Hearts, Aberdeen Hamilton 5-0 at Ibrox. Uh, they had 4-0 away victories against St Johnson and Ross County. And then when you combine that with the European form, they looked absolutely unstoppable. And then it's really interesting because you see when you look at what happened after that game, they obviously thought that they'd won it because in the 10 games that followed, they won five, drew two and lost three. And they had losses at the hands of Hamilton, Kilmarnock and Hearts. And um, I think one of the things I saw within those 10 games is they didn't win a single one by more than a one-goal margin. Um, so, yeah, I just think that that win at Celtic Park, as good a game as it was, it actually killed their season when it should have made it. So, on top of being a great game, it was a, a pivotal moment in the season. Yeah, I also had that as my game of the season. And you've just ticked off everything I was going to say. So, <laughs> we'll move on quickly, <laughs> quickly to Oli. We need to start uh, liaising before this. Uh, Oli, what was your game of the season? Um <laughs> it's it's not going to be the same as yours, but um, maybe I'm not I'm not too sure about game of the season, but maybe performance of the season. So I'll just t- slightly tweak it a little bit. Um, and it was when Livy went and beat Celtic two 0 at home. Um, and I mean purely purely because you know Celtic took up three quarters of uh, the spaghetti had, and uh, and Livy ended up turning them over. And I just think it's a it's a big story and it's exactly the sort of games that I like to watch is when the so-called underdog goes and beats the big boys. Um, I mean, let's be honest, if Christie didn't get the red card in that game, he, you know, Celtic probably, you know, would have put up a bit more of a fight, but still fair play to Livy. Um, you know, big characters like Marvin Bartley in midfield and London Dykes up front that scored a, scored a beauty. Um, fair play to them is what I say. Oh, I don't want to get into a plastic pitch argument, but You're going in my opinion, they would never have beaten Celtic on a grass pitch. Well, that's just one of the things you have to... Um, unless uh, Until the league stamps out on plastic pitches, it's just one of those things that Celtic are going to have to put up with. That's true. Do you know what I think it demeans the Scottish game, having El Plasticos six or eight times a season between Kelly, Hamilton and um, Livy? Um, I mean, it, it's a bit it's a bit strange considering they're the top league and they probably could afford a normal pitch. Um, again, I don't know if it's just a sign of, of Scottish football that that's been allowed. And um, yeah, I, I think if you wanted to have a, a proper competition, um, I'm pretty sure Gerard is is of the same opinion, isn't he? That he he wants the the teams in the top flight to have to have grass pitches. Um, but yeah, until oh, in, in that case, I've changed my mind. What was that? Sorry, uh, I've changed my mind. Okay, I don't want to have the same opinion as Gerard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, no, I'm impartial, so no, I, I'm sticking with my guns on that one. So mm-hmm. I'll throw a, a sort of. Close runner up to me to the the two one game actually. I think uh, when Hearts turned Hibs over at Easter Road three one, I thought that was a very very surprising performance considering their form up until that game. I thought they were absolutely brilliant on that day. Hibs couldn't get a, a, a sniff in, and before they knew it, they were three nothing down and three one. If anything, probably flattered Hibs a bit on that day. Um, I think that's probably the most 
sort of uneven Edinburgh derby that has been in a while and Hibs probably should have absolutely strolled it, but they didn't. And uh, Hearts were absolutely brilliant that day. Yeah, Hibs took a roasting. Absolute roasting, yeah. But Hibs Hib kind of roasted Hearts, though. I'm quite surprised you haven't brought up Boyle scoring a double at Tynecastle. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, uh, again, a, a, a really good performance from Hibs. But if you look at the highlights of that game, Hearts had plenty of opportunities as well. Whereas uh, in that 3-1 game, Hibs were just completely snuffed out. The midfield was non-existent and uh, the high press for Hearts worked very, very well, um, which was quite an interesting thing to see because you just wonder where that fight and that passion has been all season and they wouldn't be in the situation they're in just now. Yeah, yeah, it's a good shout. Yeah, sticking with Edinburgh Derby, um, goal of the season-wise, I chose Stevie Mallon scoring against Hearts at Easter Road. Yep. Uh, he scored in 47 minutes and then Nick Piazza scored in 70 and then Hickey scored what I think at the time looked like a really good goal but I think there was a deflection, deflection to check. Yeah. was it huge was it um, so yeah Malin picked up about 30 yards out and just smashed it into the top right hand corner I'd actually forgotten about the goal before I looked at it a bit of a highlights reel today and it was on that and yeah I don't think there's a better one this season I'll, I'll never certainly from yeah. the goals I've seen I'll never forget you turning around when he smashed that in and the biggest smile on your face. <laughs> what are you on about? <laughs> I mean, I'm impartial. You, you may or may not have been sitting in the West West Upper watching that one sail in. Uh, I, I won't speculate. Okay, we'll, we'll choose not to speculate. I'm supposed to be impartial here, Matt. Come on. <laughs> Come on, we all know. <laughs> I've had a few people say they thought it was a Celtic fan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, well, you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> probably a few people listening, but yeah, you can see the similarities. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ollie, what was your thoughts on goal of the season? Uh, goal of the season, I, I do agree with you in that it was a very, very good goal um, from Malum, but it wasn't my top. And I've, I've got I've got two, um, but my, my number one was Stephen Dobby for the second time today um, for Queen of the South against Dundee. Now, I don't know if you've seen this goal, but um, it was back in November 2019 and championship game between the two and every single outfield player touched the ball um, and then Dobby ended up slotting it past uh, the goalie um, yeah. from the edge of the box. A lovely, lovely finish. And I'm just a big fan of the, the team goals. Um, you know, as you can probably imagine me watching Burnley, I'm, I'm used to watching all this fast and fluid football. It's uh, it's great to see it when it happens up in Scotland as well. It's just it's just a load of shit, really, isn't it? <laughs> um, I'll try and find that goal and I'll tweet it. Yeah, it's it's an absolute belter for our massive following of forty eight people. Increasing. But one one other thing though, I'm going to say one other shout out is this. I mean, this to me. It's one of the best occasions in a football match when this happens. And it's when the goal scores as well. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, Lewis McMinn is getting a, a personal shout-out for his goal uh, in the game. Still in Albion against Brecon City <laughs> in the League One. I mean, it's fantastic. It's it, <laughs> The opposition goalie has just totally misjudged it. And there must have been so much wind on that December evening. Um, and it's just sailing over him. It's just, it's fantastic when that happens. I've just found that. So that's definitely getting tweeted. <laughs> it's so good. I love it when you pull something out of the bag like that. Uh -huh. it's, it's a really good, that's really good. No worries. That's what I'm here for. That's what I get the big books for. 
Absolutely, you're much more professional than me. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Uh, Matt, what was your goal of the season? It's interesting because I usually go for the, the howitzers from outside the box. You know, they're the ones that everyone wants to see. But I, I've gone for something a bit different this year. Um, my goal of the season actually goes to Callum Gallagher in, for his goal for Adronians versus Clyde. Um, so basically, he is being manhandled by the centre half after a high cross into the box. And he could very easily have gone down, but he shows tremendous strength and just wrestles the centre half. And when the ball drops, he wins the header, waits for it to drop. And on the second bounce, he bicycle kicks it into the top left-hand corner. Absolute beauty and um, showed real real persistence. And I, I was very, very impressed by that. So I think that gets my goal of the season and a special sort of second mention to Jack Stokes uh, for his volley uh, oh, yeah. against County uh, when it's just, he's hit it absolute parallel straight in the top right hand corner uh, a, a, absolute beauty you nailed it as well on to you now Fraser what's yours have you been here for the last five minutes <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll give you a moment of the season. Big Piezo dancing on the touchline. <laughs> <laughs> Again, his impartial, um, neutral stance shines through. That was tweeted by, I'm sure it was some Mundial thing in Argentina retweeted that. So that's that's not me being impartial. That's just. It, it did, that's just... I, I did also see that exact same clip appear on TikTok. Um, completely unrelated to Scottish football, it was it was someone in mainland Europe that had posted it. Uh, so Utiak Bezu has gone viral for his fault. Yeah, yeah, I thought he would. <laughs> to be fair, when I saw it, although TikTok's this new thing, I've not got TikTok. I'm obviously not down uh, cool enough to have it. It's worth getting. I mean, some of the that- the homemade football videos are absolute filth. I've I've seen yeah. multiple videos today of mates that are practicing in the park and hitting the most crazy knuckleballs you can imagine and and uh, just also obviously recaps of uh, big games. So it's actually quite good to get your football fix if you're just watching wee 30 second clips. Yeah, yeah, I'll maybe have to download it. Uh, Matt, sticking with you, it's your straight red this week. Well, it was Ollie's, but Ollie forgot a bottled so. I mean, Ollie, we've, we've given you a good 50 minutes now, mate, to, to, to think up a one. So surely, surely you've got something for us. Well, the thing is, I don't I don't want to just bash Dominic, Dominic Cummins any more than everybody else has been bashing him because I'm sick to death of hearing about it. He went and did something. Um, he's not apologised for it. Why are we surprised? Um, so, I, I mean, I, I'd love to be able to do a football one. And I have a feeling I know who you would pick, Matt. So, and we've already discussed it. Um, so it's just really quite difficult. I, 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 that's why I passed up on it. Do you want to tell the real reason why you passed up on it? What What would that be? Because you were sleeping for about five hours before the show, and you <laughs> made yourself some noodles, and then you came on here. <laughs> the thing is, Matt, you know, us key workers and stuff. Like we have to, we work very hard during the day. And as as you well know, it's been very warm and sunny today as well. And I might have just had a little nap. And as I very well know, you've spent the past seven weeks of working from home 
working from your sofa. <laughs> what what's, what's brought this on? He's absolutely roasted. <laughs> yeah, Ollie, Ollie, I'm going to have a straight red this week because you're getting it, actually. Oh, my God. You're <laughs> <laughs> getting sent off from the show. <laughs> uh, can, can you care to elaborate on that? Well, you didn't. You didn't have a straight red. You got a straight red for not having a straight red and spending seven weeks working from home from your couch. <laughs> and then just had a five-hour nap. That's asleep. Just leaving the nap. It wasn't a five-hour nap at all. I mean, well, well, what was it? I don't know. I don't remember the time I went to sleep. I wasn't aware of this. Um, and I just woke up half an hour before the podcast was supposed to start, and I needed to make something sweet. So, yeah. Nah, not having it. Straight reds. Straight reds. Fair enough. Unanimous. <laughs> well, on that happy note, Ollie, do you want to wrap up the show? Yeah. As soon as, you, as, soon as you're finished with it. <laughs> That's it. So thank you very much uh, for listening to the to the podcast. And uh, this will be the last time you ever hear my voice. So, um, yeah, it's, it's good to be back. It's good to be chatting. Um, it would be just a bit better if we had a bit more football to talk about. But... Um, enjoyed it nonetheless thank you very much good stuff well I'll see you next week Matt see you later till later Fraser <laughs>